So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Psycho Space 102FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 24th of May. It's the Ascension of the Lot. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And help me to present the programme today. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Very good. Good, thanks for the God. One of the reasons why I'm good is because we have uh, one, of our, one of my favourite guests joining us again today. She's joined <laughs> us, uh, it's been some time ago since she joined us. Annette O'Donnell, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm wonderful. Thank you, John. How are you keeping? Good, and you sound wonderful. Keep that up. Thank you very much indeed. And of course, we also want to especially welcome our listeners who are housebound, lonely and struggling, especially these days now with this COVID-19. And to all our listeners who support us in prayer, thanks indeed for joining us and, and thanks for supporting us. Our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 FM, uh, local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The podcasts of Sacred Space 102 FM are just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcasts available for playback and download at our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. And that's comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com. Easiest way to do that is just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. And also available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and other platforms. Now, just to explain, um, I did mention just at the start that we, we do broadcast our program at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday night. But it's a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. Sunday night. But during these current periods where our churches are closed uh, for Mass, so we are delighted that Father Tony Mullins from Abbeyfield um, has graciously allowed us to broadcast Mass um, at 10 a.m. each Sunday morning from Abbeyfield Church. And so that means that our, our, our programme, the programme that we're actually recording at the moment, will be broadcast at 11pm on Sunday night. So 10am Sunday Mass is broadcast here in West Limit 102 and 11pm programme will be a normal programme. If you want to contact us at all, 87 is our text. That's 87 or email Come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Now, one of the other things that we're doing these days uh, is West Limit 102, and thankful West Limit 102, they're allowing us more time. That's from uh, just after the 1 p.m. news every day, Monday to Friday. They're allowing us a 50 minutes uh, slot, that's five, five days a week. So, call that Inspirational Reflections. Now, what we're doing on there is we're playing the Rosary by Dana and Father Kevin Scanlon Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. After that, for the second part of the programme, we are going to follow it through with maybe interviews, reflections, or maybe something from a podcast that we have in our Sacred Space archive. That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And Thursday and Friday, the Rosa will continue, of course. But the second half of the programme there, we're going to play some, some music. Could be t- traditional, some favourites of people's, um, worship songs, um, but especially what we'd like to do is have listeners to text us in with a request for their type of music. Um, it's 87 That's 87 for your request for traditional hymns, maybe worship music, any type of Christian music you'd like. Give us a text, 87 and I'll try and fit them in. Now, one of the uh, very popular 
novenas that happens each year is the novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And that always takes place in the, in the Redemptist Church in Limerick City for nine days, um, starting from usually 7 o'clock in the morning, continues right the way through to 10 p.m. at night. Um, it's about 10,000 visitors a day, and for the nine days, that's an awful lot of people. Because of the restrictions these days, of course, that we won't be able to attend personally to that novena. But that novena will be online at novena.ie from the 19th to the 27th of June. So the Lady of Perpetual Help, online, Novena Day, 19th to the 27th of June. Now, I've been in touch with Father Seamus, the rector, and what I'm going to do is to record one of the sessions, probably the 8 a.m. session each morning, and play that back uh, on, our, um, on our slot there that we've been given by, by West Limit 102 after the 1 p.m. news. So for the, for the, between the 19th and the 27th, we won't be playing the rosary, but we'll be playing a recording of one of the sessions from the Novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So at that stage, um, Shane, maybe you've got some saints for the week and maybe a few more bits and pieces you want to let us know about. Sure, John. So, um, as usual, of course, we go through kind of the celestial guides for the upcoming week. So we are in the seventh week of Easter. And as John said, today, of course, is the day on the Irish liturgical calendar when we, of course, mark the solemnity of the Ascension of the Lord. It also happens to be World Communications Day, which, of course, is the day that we're supposed to mark for um, minions like John and myself that kind of try to work out on radio and so on and so forth. And it also happens to be World Day of Prayer for the Church in China. Uh, that was instituted by Benedict Sixteenth, as far as I remember, uh, just for, in particular for the Church in China, which, of course, suffers under a degree of persecution from the communist authorities there. Uh, now, as I said, seventh week of Easter, so the 25th of May, we celebrate the feast day. There's a couple of them there. There's St. Bede and St. Gregory. Now, St. Bede was a monk of Jarrow, historian and a biblical commentator, and is a patron saint of scholars, and he died around 735 AD. And then you St. Gregory. Now, he was a pope, so he's St. Gregory Seventh, and he died in 1085. Um, he was a, originally a monk, a Benedictine or a Clunic monk, um, and, and Hildebrand of Tuscany was his proper name before, of course, he was elected as Pope. Now, I'm not 100% sure, Gregorian, I'm not 100% sure, John, but I think that's actually St. Gregory the Great. And, of course, he's the man that gave his name to Gregorian chant. So I'd have to double-check that and come back to people again next week. So then on Tuesday, we have the feast day of St. Philip Neri. He's an Italian saint, of course, famous for founding the Congregation of the Oratory and very much associated with promoting good preaching, holiness, priestly life, and so on and so forth. And he died in 1595. Then on Wednesday, the 27th, we have the feast day of St. Augustine of Canterbury. So he was the monk that was sent by Pope Gregory the Great to preach to the English, or the Angles, as they were called. He set up his see at Canterbury and had much success in converting the south of England, particularly around Kent. Uh, tradition is uh, Gregory asked for someone to be sent to convert uh, the Angles because he had seen say, slaves that were for sale in the city of Rome. And they were very good looking and all the rest of it. So that's why that happened. So St. Augustine of Canterbury, of course, and of course, to this day, the head of the Church of England 
who's currently Justin Welby, is of course in the church in the Anglican tradition is regarded as the successor of Saint Augustine, and as part of the installation as the Primate of England, he's installed in the chair of Saint Augustine at Canterbury. Then on the 28th of May, we have the feast day of Saint Germanus. Now Germanus is Germanus of Paris, is an, and he's just he's a monk associated. Uh, with the 5th century, he died in, he was born in 496 and he died in 576, French saint, and he is famous for ordaining a number of St. Bertrand of Le Mans and a spiritual teacher of St. Drogtevaeus, I think is how it's known. And he, if you know St. Germain de Prez, it's a famous church or abbey in near Paris in France. So that's what we celebrate on the 28th of May. The 29th of May is the feast day. Actually, this one, John, it's kind of a newish one to the calendar. It is the memorial of Pope St. Paul VI. So that's Pope Paul VI, of course. So that was originally Giovanni Battista Montini. Elected, uh, he was elected Pope, of course, in 1963 after being the Archbishop of Milan. And, of course, he succeeded good John XXIII. And he uh, continued, of course, and proclamated the decrees of the Second Vatican Council. Um, so very much, he died in 1978. And, of course, his famous, of course, because he died at Castle Gandalfo on the Feast of the Transfiguration, which, of course, is the 6th of August. Um and then finally, John, on Saturday, the 30th of May, we have the feast day of St. Joan of Arc. Of course, a great saint associated with, with France, the maid of Orléans, who led the French to kick out the English for a while uh, during the, 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 the War of the Roses. And, of course, led to the coronation of Charles, uh, Charles VII at Rheims in Paris to be the true king of France. And uh, before, of course, she was handed over by the Burgundians to the English. She was tried in a trial that was pretty much declared null and void 26 years after she died. And she was convicted of being a witch and a heretic and burnt at the stake. Uh, she was acquitted 23, 23 years later, and she was canonized as saint of the church in 1920. So, of course, we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of her canonization this year. And just as a side note, uh, we're also celebrating the canonization, the 100 years since the canonization of Oliver Plunkett. Um, the first Irish saint to be canonised in the church for about 600 years when it happened, and of course Oliver Plunkett's feast day is at the beginning of July. Is at the beginning of July. So that's what we have, John, in terms of saints of the week this week, and celestial guides and other liturgical odds and ends. Uh, and of course, next Sunday, of course, is the end of Easter tide. So as it is the solemnity of Pentecost. So for those of us that are celebrating Easter tide and have match been 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 celebrating in true style uh we have a week to finish it out <laughs> all those chocolates shine huh Indeed, John. All those chocolates. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Neil, for that, Shane. So, at this point of the program, um, we always pray this spiritual communion prayer. And this is for those who couldn't receive Jesus at Mass this morning. Of course, we're all in that boat these days. We can't receive Jesus at Mass sacramentally. But the best way to receive Jesus, of course, is at Mass. But yet, for those times we can't get to Mass, you can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. 
I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now it's time to go for our first bit of music, and the piece of music I've chosen this morning is by my good friend Phil Cooter, and where he, he plays a beautiful piece of piano playing, The Bells of the Angelus. So back and join us again in part two. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And of course, as I mentioned at the start of the programme, uh, it's life for us to welcome onto the programme again Annette O'Donnell, who's been on with us a few times, um, maybe sometime last year, I think was the last one. Uh, Annette, maybe at this stage, you might just let people know a little bit about yourself, especially from a faith point of view. Sure. Well, I'm... I'm 23. The most important thing to point out, John, is that I'm from Cork. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And I'm in final year in studying radiation therapy in Dublin. Um, And I suppose I was very fortunate when I was in third year in secondary school. A religion teacher asked those of us who were going into transition year if we would volunteer at children's faith camps. There was one being organised in Mitchellstown and on account of volunteering at such an account, at such a, a camp, you were promised hours towards Goshka and, you know, these different awards you do in transition year. So we all said yes. And it was a week for ages five to 13, primary school ages. And the children did arts, drama, sports. They had catechism. They had mass every day. They had adoration. And volunteering was just a real life-giving um, 
life-giving events you know for for everyone um who did volunteer and I suppose it had an impact on me because um you know going to adoration every day and going to holy mass um, and just seeing children transform before Jesus in the Eucharist um, was profound. Um, and I was very blessed that I was chosen to go to Lourdes from our school when I was in transition year. And, you know, I suppose I always wanted to look after people. I wasn't quite sure what profession I would choose, but I knew I just had a grow from giving you know giving of myself and Lourdes just touched me so deeply because it is a place where the sick and the disabled are treated as royalty and you know the rest of us we're we're treated second class and it's just so beautiful to see that but just it was really and truly just seeing the love um the love given by volunteers of all ages and just how people were treated um and you know even when I did faith camp in Abbeyfield as well mm-hmm. in subsequent years and Ardmore in Waterford um it was just the joy the zeal and the love that we were treated with um and you know you you can't help but question what's so different about everyone here mm. um, and they're yeah, the one common ground was their relationship with Christ and they had a strong and active relationship. And I suppose from then, you know, U2000 um, host youth retreats that are Catholic and I went to those. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can say that I've met my, some of my best friends, my housemates um, mm-hmm. through such groups. Um, yeah, and then in college, Again, um, in Dublin, spoiled for choice by prayer meetings. And I did volunteer in the Regina Chaley, which is a women's homeless hostel run by the Legion of Mary. And again, just seeing the witness of others in, in how they serve, how they serve others and serve them so compassionately and with love. Um, it definitely was an inspiration to me and I think you know you you know you know yourselves the more you learn about God the more you want to learn about God mm, and yeah. the more you learn about him the more you love him um and yeah I've just I've been very blessed really really blessed and and so you know um based in Dublin and you get involved with, mm-hmm. with, with a few prayer groups you just mentioned there uh, and I know from time to time you've also, also let me know of various events that happens around the country um, that, that maybe some of our own listeners might even be interested in. Have you got any few in mind that might be coming up in soon? People might be able to there, there is no such thing as shortage of activity in the Catholic Church at the moment. No, you know, <laughs> the Catholic Church has not stopped. It's being deployed and I think that is completely evident. Every single night there is a different um, video call or conference available, um, you know, and it's it's technology being used for, for God's greatest, greater glory, which is great. But one I will mention, it is Ignite. And this was due to take place Saturday and Sunday, the 30th and 
and the 31st of May in Cork. It has instead been moved online. And at this, there are going to be some of the best speakers in the world. Um, there's Dr. Scott Han, the famous theologian, Father Mike Schmitz um, from Minnesota in the in in the States and Ralph Martin, Bishop Fintan Gavin of Cork, um, Sister Miriam. There there's some of the speakers and I've actually been to America and you know been at been at a student conference and I can just say they are phenomenal and this will be a conference um that will run on Saturday and on Sunday it is free for everyone and over 1800 people have signed up so far I believe and there is plenty plenty more room um for people to come all you have to go all you have to do I should say is log on to dominicanscork.ie and you can register for your free tickets um I would recommend that to everyone and do spread the word um, that promises to be an amazing event. Um, and I suppose separately, we, for just one for college students, Ignite Ireland, which is actually just coincidentally the same name, but we're, we're two different entities. Ignite Ireland, which is for college students in Ireland, run by college students every Monday and Thursday we have what's called lockdown lectures. So they again are via Zoom and we have from 8 to 9 p.m. a a priest or a religious or some someone who's more knowledgeable than the rest of us, shall we say, and they will speak on a topic um, from bioethics um, to animals and the Christian imagination to lady so there's diverse topics constantly and following that there's a time for Q&A and there's a time for people to just chat afterwards if if they'd like to stay on um, and so that is open to all college students it's just for college students and if you are interested you can look up Ignite Ireland on Facebook and you'll find the details every single week you're more than welcome to come and yeah, they're the they're the two main things at the moment, John. Much new for letting us know that. Now, one of the things, uh, one of the questions at the tip of my tongue, and I've just got to get it out. You, you, you just exude so much joy with living your faith. Why do you think that's not so infectious with many young people? Well, not maybe just many young people, maybe people of a, of my own age, but. But let's stay for young people now at the moment. Why do you think young people mm-hmm. are just not interested in God or church? Or I think it's because they don't know. They don't know God because they haven't been told about him. They may have, they may have been told about him, but it's hearsay it isn't a relationship they haven't experienced the love of god they've heard about it and not felt it um and you know even people of your own generation john i think times were different and teachings and how perhaps people went about educating the catholic faith when it you know it, it can be seen that you know in order to live a good life 
you do your nine to five, you have a good routine and you go to mass on Sunday. But really, you know, living the Catholic, living an authentic Catholic lifestyle is what happens in between that nine to five lifestyle um, and how, you know, the Lord has given us this life to live. The only reason he has given it to us is that we may love him enough that we might spend eternity with him in heaven. Um, and to experience the love of God, um, to know him, there's, you know, there's, I think I've been very blessed that I, that I have. You've been blessed and I've been blessed and a few of us have been blessed really. It's by the resources that have been made available for us to go out Mm-hmm. and click into and, and touch upon because there was certainly a period in my own life too where, where yeah, I, I was doing what the way I was brought up, nine to five, as you said, trying to be a good boy as best I can and got a mass on mm. Sunday and so on and so forth. Then I found out there's a few more resources that there were talks where, where people, and this is the one that spoke to me anyway, where people spoke about their experiences mm-hmm. rather than teaching me doctrine as such. Somebody said, well, this is what happened with me and this is how I came about to yes. accept and believe that. Would you say that yourself, yeah? Completely. Um, you know, and I think, you know, like I, I went to Mass always of a Sunday, you know, under a little bit of protest sometimes. I certainly didn't understand the Mass. So as you're saying, you know, you could throw all the gospel readings at me and I just bat an eyelid. Um, but when you know, listening to others who are talking about how perhaps they've been through tragedy and discovered God through that or just the different mistakes they've made because they've lived life um, and to just see the tangible results of what God has done in their life um, is is extraordinary. You know, testimonies can be so powerful and I think our teachers always said it to us in school that you will teach each other us as students more than I will ever teach you you know and I can hear about something that will happen you know that happened in the bible 2000 years ago and although it is relevant today as it was then if I don't have that relationship with God and openness to the Holy Spirit that can be difficult whereas if it's someone in the same room as me and I'm looking at them and I'm learning you know, that they are going through the same struggles, the same joys that we all go through, but learning how they have opened themselves up to God and how he has worked. It's, there's, there's no comparison, you know? Yeah, I, I'd certainly have to agree with that. That, 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 that influenced me a lot in my own life, where, where mm-hmm. as you just said, I found people share their own struggles and their own yes. their own failures and their own ifs and buts mm-hmm. and not too sure about all of this. There's me thinking at one stage that I was the, uh, that I was the only one going through that, and everybody and all of these other guys were holy guys and all the rest of it. And it's not until you're able to share it all. And one of the things that certainly helped me in more recent times, and we're so lucky to have it available available to us here in Newcastle West, is lecture demeanour. I know it sounds a big word. But really, basically what it is, and I know you know what it is, but, but, but for me anyway, it's taking the Sunday Gospel. And what's that got to do with me? And we're lucky enough to have Father Frank Duick to, to just to lead us through uh, and challenge us to, to just to stay quiet and, and see what comes up. 
And I said, yeah, I'm going to experience it myself, uh, my own little thoughts maybe on, on today's gospel later on. But but that helped me then to understand that, you know, even the, even the gospel there, one of the things it said there today was that, that, that Jesus accepted, uh, that, that, that I think part of the gospel there was, it was relating somewhat to maybe the boys running away from Jesus at the time of his crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yet Jesus picked those guys to go out and spread his word to all nations. And that should be something for us, some hope for ourselves, whereas I was maybe brought up, oh, no, you can't do that because you're not perfect enough, you're not good enough. And that's a good thing these days, that because we're challenged, because we hear of somebody else's experiences, it helps us to live through. So do you, do you find these days that, 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 um, that your own colleagues are able to share honestly you know, the mm-hmm. problems, the problems that young people experience these days with peer pressure and all that stuff? You know, I suppose every situation is different and that must be said as well. Um, people, you know, how there's there's beauty in vulnerability, because if it wasn't for the vulnerability of others, as you say, that had a personal influence on yourself, John, you wouldn't have grown um, and been able to empathize with them. Um, I think, as you say, when there are peer pressures and there's, you know, an expectation to be perfect, there's an expectation to perform to a certain standard. Um, and by you, you know, being vulnerable, you're admitting that you're not that you're admitting that you're not perfect. And by admitting that you're not perfect, you need the help of someone who is and the only the only being that is that is perfect is is God, um, and that journey unfolds itself. Depending on who you're surrounded by, I think you know, and it can be in groups of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you do feel that pressure to perform, um, so I I think every everyone is is different according to who they have, you know, and sometimes, you know, there's nothing like coming home from college. And, you know, with all these notions and, you know, you can have new accents, you can have anything. And there's nothing like coming home to your family to be put back in your box, you know, because they're the people, the people that know you best. Um, Because it's it's fine and easy to be, you know, nice and friendly to your friends. But the people that you live with, how do you perform with them? And I think, you know, they uh, that the you know, that the people who know us best can often be who we can be vulnerable with and maybe who we should choose to be vulnerable with as well. And, you know, this is the month of May, and just for the few minutes that we got left, a few minutes that we got left here on, on the programme, uh, on part two, mm-hmm. um, it's the month of Mary. Have you got any any thoughts yeah. around Mary and, uh, and the month of May yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, you know... It being Pentecost, I was reading over Matthew, the the Gospel of Matthew, and something just struck me. You know how we associate Pentecost with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not something that any of us can see. But when we look to Our Lady, we can see how the Holy Spirit was channeled through her. Um, And I suppose that is perhaps how I understand the works of the Holy Spirit 
um, on a on a little bit more simpler basis is, is by looking to Our Lady. And, you know, just when St. Matthew is talking about the birth of Jesus, he, Our Lady, who had said yes to the Holy Spirit because she had lived a life open to God and who was a vessel of the Holy Spirit, she did not tell St. Joseph, I'm expecting a child it's not yours but it's okay it's 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 God's child she said nothing to him which at that time meant that she could be stoned to death and her unborn baby killed she would have no income no resources no husband nothing and trusting in God alone she kept silence stead in adoration with that trust and because of her silence did saint joseph have his own fiat you know have his own his own encounter with god when when an angel appeared to him in his dream but he had that experience solely because our lady trusted in god to keep silence because she trusted completely that that the Lord would look after her. And I just think that that is profound. And it goes to show just what a vessel of the Holy Spirit she was, you know, because she was so open. She was so trusting and how the Lord took care of her accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that little line spoke to me. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, that actually is something that I picked up myself there, um, maybe just before you choose our second piece of music. Um, this one I picked up because I know early on during the week when texting and so on and so forth, you mentioned that lady and for some reason you mentioned Pentecost and I put the two together and and, and I, I just come across this. It's a prayer by Pope Francis. He said, the Virgin Mary teaches us what it means to live in the Holy Spirit and what it means to welcome the newness of God in our life. She conceived Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit. And every Christian, each one of us, is called to welcome the Word of God, to welcome Jesus in ourselves and bring him to everyone. Mary invoked the Spirit with the apostles in the upper room. Every time that we come together in prayer, we are supported by the spiritual presence of the Mother of Jesus to receive the gift of the Spirit and have the ability to bear witness to the risen Jesus. Beautiful prayer come across today by Pope Beautiful, Francis. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, at this part of the programme, uh, we usually go for a piece of music. Have you got a piece of music you'd like us to play, Annette? I do. This is a song called New Wine. And the words are quite beautiful. It's not about the alcoholic drink. It's more so uh, how the Lord works in our, in our lives, how he crushes all the bad grapes and produces something beautiful when we are open to the grace given. <laughs> so this is New Wine sung by, is it Hillsong? Hillsong. Okay, let's hear this. Come back again in part three and Annette's going to stay with us where we'll read and reflect on the word of God. Join us then.
Welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Still joined by Shane Ambrose and the other of the Skype line and, and uh, Annette O'Donnell. And we thank Annette so much for joining us from Cork uh, to, to share her own thoughts um, around her own faith uh, in, in part two. And Annette's staying with us for the reflection of the gospel this morning. So before we, we read the gospel, there's a prayer. We always pray before reading a reflection on scripture and Shane might pray that for us this morning. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. 
We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So, to the Gospel for today, the Ascension, uh, it's taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, excuse me, chapter 28, verse 16 to 20, and we're going to ask Annette to read that for us. Thanks, Annette. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. Thank you very much, Neil, for that, Annette. Shane, have you got a thought maybe to start us off with on reflection today? Beautiful gospel yeah, again. It is, John, and it's, of course, we are now entering into uh, the beginning of the end um, of the Easter, Easter season, of course, with the first of the two great feasts which draws the Easter season to a close, which, of course, is the Feast of the Ascension. Now, of course, we should also just note to listeners, because we do happen to have a couple of listeners that listen in regularly from the UK and also from the US, that obviously um, in England in particular, they would have celebrated Ascension last Thursday. They, the, the, the English, the bishops of England and Wales restored Ascension to the Thursday a number of years ago. We keep it on the Sunday. So that's, that's why there's a slight difference in the liturgical calendar. So, uh, as we said, it's the, feast of the, it's the Feast of the Ascension. And, of course, it's, it's an important feast because what it does is it draws or it marks the drawing to the end of Jesus' um, ministry here on earth. So, the intervention, the inter- intervening of God into human time, which began at the Annunciation, the moment of the Incarnation, and all the way through right to his his, 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 his passion, his death, his resurrection, and now finally the ascension. Um, so it closes out Jesus's ministry on earth and the revelation that we have, or almost all the revelation that we've had in terms of, of, of uh, his, his word to us, his sharing to us, his command to us. And of course, it's, it's an important one because of course, this, this Sunday's gospel, it's a very short one from Matthew. It's only four pericopes, that's four verses of scripture. And it, of course, sets out what is, of course, known as the Great Commission, or the Apostolic Commission, as it's sometimes referred to. And it's the instruction, of course, that Jesus gives his disciples. And in particular, the 11, as it's the 11 disciples set out for Galilee. So at this stage, they haven't replaced Judas. Matthias hasn't been elected. And they go to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. And tradition is that this was in Galilee. And of course, this, the, the mountain, we don't know necessarily where the mountain is. Um, of course, you have that great tradition of linking in um, with the mountain of Horeb, the mountain of Sinai. Horeb was where God Elijah encountered God. Sinai, where the Ten Commandments are handed down. You have the Mount of the Beatitudes. And also you have the, 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 now we have the Mount of the Ascension. Now, of course, it is a small bit confusing. I'm sorry, I also also forgot the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, it is a small bit confusing because anyone that's been to Jerusalem, you will know that by tradition, 
when you go to the top of um, the Mount of Olives, there is, by tradition, a church there, which is now a mosque, where they say Jesus ascended from, and there's a mark on the floor and all the rest of it. So there's, there is a slight um, contradiction in the Gospels, whether that actually happened in Jerusalem or that happened in, 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 in Galilee. I suppose the point is it happened. That's kind of what we take away from it in terms of our understanding of the, of the event itself. And Jesus had arranged to meet them there. And when they fell down before him, when they saw him, some of them fell down before him, though some hesitated. Now, in the version, in, I thought it was interesting. The version of the gospel I have, the translation I have, says they fell down before him. But in the version that Annette read for us, the, the term that she used was they fell down, they worshipped him. So it's it's a slight mm-hmm. different, um, you know, slight, slight different emphasis because mine says they fell down before him. Now, that could have been because of shock. It could have been because of awe or it could have been because of fear. Whereas... Um, so other people trained what they worshipped him, and it's kind of like okay, fair enough. Um, so, but I suppose what's interesting here is that some still hesitated, and mm-hmm. for me, I think that's the one of the important things out of this Sunday's gospel is because, despite the fact everything that they had been through, um, you still have, and everything that they'd seen, and all the events post the resurrection, some of the eleven still doubted, you know. And for us that are here 2,000 plus years later, I think that's a great source of comfort. Because in the times where you're struggling to find God, in the times when you're struggling to see God, um, you know, it is, uh, it is a, a, I suppose, a source of comfort that even the, the 11, not the 12, the 11, um, that they had doubts themselves, even though he was standing there in front of them. Yeah, if you think about it, he was standing there in front of them, and they still hesitated. You're kind of going, what exactly were they looking for, you know? Um, So Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's something, you know, to think about this Sunday um, in terms of something um, that can be a source of hope for us. Then, I suppose, then, of course, we move on and Jesus' declaration. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. The great command that's given to us all as Christians. And I think this is the one, I suppose, that we have to just think about a small bit and see, well, what does that actually mean for me? Because, um, I suppose... First of all, it's the recognition that Jesus is saying, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So it is the recognition, of course, that Jesus is the Lord, Jesus is God, part of the divine trinity, uh, blessed trinity, and he's giving an instruction, go and make disciples of all the nations. And I suppose that's the thing, I suppose, that we have to remember um, when we are... um, Thinking about Christianity in one sense is that we have an obligation and we have a responsibility to share the good news. Each of us is called and instructed and commanded in our own way, in the ways and means of our own life, to be able to share that good news with others and to share it in the world around us. That's what we are, that's what we are called, that's what we are called to do. And in addition to that, then Jesus also confirms the apostles, the disciples, in their mandate of what they have to do, in that they have to be baptized in the name of the Trinity, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that they are to be there to teach those to observe all the commandments I give you. And I think that's something as well that we have to remember and to reflect on as well, that sharing the good news 
of the, 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 the death and resurrection of Jesus also has a corresponding corollary of responsibility that we express and share Jesus' message, which is the great commandment, love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. And that goes hand in hand with it. It's part of it. It's part of the responsibility we have in terms of evangelization and how we do, but how we do that. No, Jesus doesn't tell you you have to do it by A, B, and C. So that, I suppose, is what we have to figure out in our own lives in the times that we have. Um, I suppose the other side of it is the important thing, of course, is that Jesus says, make disciples of all the nations. And I suppose that's an important point for understanding that as a faith community, we have to be open and welcoming to all peoples from all sorts of places. And that can be a little challenging. And let's be honest, it hasn't exactly been interpreted the most positive light in the history of the faith uh, over the centuries. And we have to be honest about that. But we have to remind ourselves that's what it means. But also, it's something that maybe challenges us in our day-to-day -day lives, particularly in Ireland today, where we have people from many cultures and many places that now call Ireland home. And sometimes, lately, I think there's been a degree of negative reaction to that which maybe we need to challenge and question particularly if we are people who are call ourselves christian that that we have to look it up we have to take it up look at it and call it out for what it is uh which is very much something that is against christian belief and what we say that we are and then finally i think john for me that last line in this week's gospel and know that i am with you always yes to the end of time and i think for me that's something else that maybe we can reflect on this week, particularly in the times that we are in with the COVID emergency. It can be lonely. It can be stressful. Uh, it can be frightening. Um, it can be scary. We can feel depressed. Um, and it's a case of we can feel overwhelmed, particularly if we're trying to balance so much, like, say, for example, working from home and looking after family or worrying about someone that's ill or someone that's cocooning or whatever the case might be. Or maybe at this stage you're losing the will to live because you've run out of ideas how to keep the kids entertained. You know, stuff like that. And I think that line for us this Sunday basically definitely gives us room or pause for talk in that I am with you always, yes, to the end of time. No matter how alone that we feel, how scared we feel, how abandoned that we can feel by the world around us we are never truly alone um you know and the reaching out that can be done is can be done you know by us listening to the still small voice that speaks to us in our hearts or in those more serious circumstances where people are feeling uh, bereft and worried um where they can reach out to those that have professional support as well uh, like we saw a couple of weekends ago with the support that was given to Pieta House. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, John, there would be a couple of thoughts on uh, this Sunday's Gospel. Okay, thanks for sharing those. Beautiful thoughts. Thank you. Annette, anything you'd like to share yourself? Mm -hmm. Is there anything left to add? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful to get the context of it. Um, I suppose what struck me is, you know, after the disciples worshipped Jesus they you know it then goes on to say they but some still doubted and I suppose that's a beautiful recognition um 
of them and us, you know, both as sinners. And I suppose that's maybe a struggle that we can empathise with, you know, perhaps doubting our fate or at certain times. And in spite of that and knowing full well what was in their hearts, Jesus still gave them the great commission um, and asked them to go and spread the good news. And I suppose that's that's just a beautiful um, paradox because, yes, he acknowledges us as sinners, but at the same time, he recognizes us as the saints that he has created us to be. Um, and not just the saints we're created to be, but let's say, to to spread that you know to multiply that by by spreading the good news that it would spread and spread and spread to others um and i suppose shane what you were saying it does drive home that our catholic faith is beautiful but it is a responsibility and when you think you know when you hear the word evangelize that's a, a very daunting word. I think of standing up in, in Cork City with a microphone <laughs> and and preaching, but no, like who evangelized me? You know, who are the people in my life that are cons- that are consequentially I'm living out my Catholic faith? And they are people who lived um, you know, who lived out their Catholic faith. And, and in doing so, inspired others to, the, to do the same. And so, you know, when, when you think of St. Paul, he was once a man named Saul and he was a murderer. And he's one of the greatest saints of all times. And that's, you know, I think I completely agree with what, with what you're saying, Shane. We are called to reach out to everyone, to everyone, um, because the fruit that would otherwise not come um, maybe through you not reaching out to someone is something we can't underestimate. And just one more point is that um, I was blessed to go to a conference in the States and it's by Focus Missionaries. And so they are missionaries on college campuses and they have had thousands of conversions of students. And they originally, this whole movement originally started up from just two people evangelizing but their model is is that you go and you evangelize two people so just two people that can be your sister a friend anyone and you talk with them about the lord you make friends with them you so that you have a relationship that has a grounding but that is it's also fruitful and and you see the lord's the lord's work and are, are willing to be vulnerable in that relationship and if those two people grow to love the Lord and they evangelize two others in a matter of years the whole world the whole world would be um would be Catholic so it's just you know there was only 11 disciples there Jesus who's the king of earth he only had 11 disciples with him there and then um so I think evangelizing it's not as daunting as it sounds and you know small is beautiful and and I think that's what Jesus is asking us to do from this Annette thank you so much indeed and again uh, you know thanks to Shane we're going way over time Uh, thank you again Annette for for sharing with us today Um, beautiful to have you on again we won't make it as long next time anyway thank you so much (laughs) now even though we're way over time quickly uh, 
uh, mm-hmm. d- just the details uh, of that Ignite event. Yes. So the website you need to go on to is dominicanscork.ie. It's for the Ignite conference, which is next Saturday and Sunday, the 30th and the 31st of May. It's free to register. So go online and, and get your ticket. You won't regret it. Thank you very much indeed. So... At this stage, um, actually, we don't have any time to play any music, uh, to a final <laughs> piece of music today. Thanks again to Shane. Uh, a, a wonderful reflection there again, Shane and the Gospel. And um, Annette, thanks for being such a witness uh, to the faith. It, it's an inspiration to us all. God bless you, and we'll keep you in our prayers, and please keep us in our prayers. So, okay, listeners, until next week, me. please join us again, where we have that wonderful feast of, of Pentecost. So, from Shane, myself, and Annette, Have a good week now. God bless you. Bye.